0: Got one man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last
1: line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes <laughs> magnificently
0: on the outside. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gable, and I am joined as ever. By my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, I guess now more than ever, importantly, how
1: are you, mate? Very good. yeah. symptom uh, symptom free at the moment. Um, I'm I'm pleased to say, and uh, yeah, sort of getting used to to life in in lockdown. Um, uh, obviously, no uh, no sport and, and and no rugby specifically uh, on on, the, on our televisions at the moment, and I think I'm starting to realise just how reliant I am. Um, on a on a day to day basis on on that G because uh, yeah it's left left a bit of a hole in my life as 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 I was not doing this podcast with you yeah the the whole
0: coronavirus situation obviously completely unprecedented times Tom and and whilst at times watching Bath you kind of wish you could um, not love it as much as you as you do and kind of put it um, to the back of your mind, having this break from Bath has made me realise just how much I need them and how much I enjoy watching them and how much it kind of structures my week. So obviously, you know, Thursday, the build up, start thinking about the team we might select. Friday, team news, 12 o'clock, refreshing, texting you. And then Saturday or Sunday, game day. And then obviously Monday, recording this podcast. Now that structure, it's been absolute chaos. So I'm um, glad to be recording this podcast with you, mate. And um, just before uh, we go any further Boris I know you're a keen listener even at a time like this don't worry Um, Tom and I have uh, uh, have recently um, started to live together for a little while Um, so we are uh, staying at home um, doing this podcast which is quite convenient because um, you know doing it over the phone is never quite as fun mate Um, kind of this is a a bit of a special edition of the the Bath Rugby Plug podcast Tom I think that um, kind of the whole world has been engulfed by, by this coronavirus um, pandemic. I think that's pretty much fair to say. Um, and I think what we plan to do is kind of not really focus on, on what's going on currently in the world and in the world of rugby, because we could sit here and speculate about when the league's going to start, how the league's going to start, what does that mean for Bath. But in all honesty, from our point of view, if if the, the decision makers at Bath and the decision makers at Premiership Rugby and the decision makers at RFU and the decision makers in the top levels of government don't have a clue what's going to happen, then 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 quite frankly, unfortunately, we don't have a clue. So what we thought might be quite nice was to give you guys, the listeners, forty-five minutes completely coronavirus-free. Um, hopefully, you are coronavirus-free um, and, and, and 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 sort of look back on one of the great days, probably the greatest day in this great club's history, Tom, and that is the 1998 Heineken Cup final against Breve. We've spent this afternoon watching an incredibly good um, rerun of that game, mate, Uh, and we're going to break that down as if we would... um, a, a, a normal game, a normal Saturday. Um, I think we kind of posted on social media. Follow us at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, kind of, which game would you like us to to look back on? And and this one was by popular demand, mate. Um, so, so 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 let's get into it um and, and kind of i recognize this has been a bit of a monologue um but but kind of revealing slightly um pulling back the curtain and revealing a little bit about our ages we were um not exactly the biggest um blokes or the biggest bath fans at, at, uh, back in 1998 mate
1: yeah only uh, only 3 years old um I'm, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say as a as a bath fan actually i've never actually watched the the full game back as we as we did this afternoon as you say, and I think you know the one positive thing to come out of you know no sport, and uh, 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 as you've said, is that we're not sort of living this week to week, you know, game to game, as we always are, and, and sort of you know always looking to the next week and, and focusing on this season. But it does give us the opportunity to step back and to to you know relive some of the. Uh, some of the some of the great moments for the club, which let's face it, um, are a couple of a couple of decades ago now. So yeah, really enjoyed it. There's a fantastic full uh, four-part series up on YouTube, uh, posted by Dan Lyle. I don't think it's actually um, Dan Lyle himself, but whoever is posing as Dan Lyle, it's a fantastic collation of not only the game itself, but a number of sort of build-up, uh, uh sort of mini-episodes. Uh, the news uh, a couple of weeks before, interviews with Stuart Barnes um, and others in, in the lead-up to it. And it really is... Uh, well worth a watch G I think we we really enjoyed it only planned to watch a couple of minutes of it and get into the game ended up sitting there for, for 45 minutes or an hour watching watching build up particular highlight for me I think were the were the highlights of the previous two meetings of Bath and Breathe <laughs> that season to a Star Wars uh, <laughs> soundtrack in the background so um, uh, very much worth a watch and I think you know BT Sport for all their glitz and glamour uh, could have a little look back at that and uh, maybe poach some ideas there G oh, 100% the, the- build up um is
0: almost as good as the game tom and and I, I will post um the links to these there's four hour long um youtube clips or three hour long and one slightly shorter youtube clip and we will post the links on our facebook and our twitter page so as i say go there follow us find it and definitely watch it because um you know you've probably not got much to do at the moment and and and, and you're probably like us, um, need to fill that blue, black and white void in your life so do this watch it back the coverage is fantastic as you say interviews with Stuart Barnes Gareth Chilcox in the studio a week before giving some preview um, th- there's an interview as well with um, Nick Farr-Jones um, a- a- and
1: on the table is an empty bottle of red wine two, two empty <laughs> bottles of wine and yeah. he, he proceeds to take a swig um, from, from a glass of wine midway uh, midway through the interview
0: so different times mate different uh, times but um, so, so, some good analysis he said be a close one and, and Bath would win and 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 obviously um, spoiler alert that was uh, the final score uh Tom um, let's give a little bit of context then to to this game as I say January 1998 Bath we breathe in Bordeaux um breathe themselves reigning European champions having beaten uh Leicester Tigers in in the previous year but Bath um, having never lost a cup final in their history, ten out of ten, mate. How things uh, quickly changed.
1: Yeah, quite staggering, really. I wasn't wasn't aware of that statistic at all. Uh, but yeah, ten league titles from uh, from from ten finals, as you say, and a lot of them, you know, very much last minute, last ditch mm. penalties. Stuart Barnes involved um, in in a couple of those very close encounters at the end, then. And uh, you know, again, spoiler alert, but it's another very close encounter <laughs> and another. Um, Quite staggering finish, uh, finish to the game. To be honest, so yeah, like you say, how things change and really interesting. Uh, in one of the programmes, uh, interviews with Bath fans—the six thousand or so Bath fans that did make the trip to to Bordeaux—interviews uh, with them in Bristol Airport, and they are uh, routinely confident. You know, it's almost as business as usual. We're going to go out there. We we know how to win these tough games. We know how to win these these finals. So um, hopefully, the you know the boys in the squad at the moment are, are looking back to to some of that confidence and and you know some of that just ability to to get the job done because as we've as we've spoken about not something that we've uh, we've carried on into into recent seasons.
0: Yeah, in- incredible stat and and kind of I think both teams despite um that obviously that record for Bath 10 out of 10 cup finals and Brie being the reigning champions. I think it was it was made clear that um despite a, a good run in Europe clearly both teams were were struggling domestically and I think um that it was kind of described by uh the the commentators or the pundits as kind of an obsession for, for the European Cup by, by I think particularly Bath who had struggled um, in, in the kind of 18 months since the game of professional um, going from that sort of amateur era where Bath dominated completely into that professional era I think Bath kind of were potentially left behind slightly uh, and I think had struggled in those first 18 months and, and getting to this final it almost feels a little bit like uh, some of the players are towards the end of their career and this yeah. is kind of like that last hurrah that last moment um, and kind of They've been blinkered in a way to kind of get to this final and go and beat the French in France. Yeah,
1: I think if you try and imagine, if you can, what that transition would be like, you know, guys... Going to their, their normal day jobs, um, maybe training on your Tuesday and Thursday as as you do G for for old Sulians on occasion. You make on the, on the on the rare occasion you make the two training sessions um, of the week, and then being thrown into kind of a more professional arena where there's more money, um, the, the stakes are a lot higher. You get you know um, uh, kind of rich in uh, wealthy investors involved as well. So suddenly it, it really does change. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the interview before the game with with Nigel Redman. Uh, the, the second row, who was, as you say, one of the older stalwarts of that um, of that of that team, uh, an, an electrician by trade, and, and started his uh, his his amateur career at Western Supermare Rugby oh, Club. So very is. close to uh, uh, to us, G and uh, our old our old club Burnham RFC. So so fierce rivals from from that perspective. But yeah, started as a as an apprentice electrician um, for for Western Supermare, and then transitioned into. Um, a, a bath player and a, and a full electrician. I, I can only assume, and then obviously going away to, to Bordeaux and, and, and uh, playing that game. And um, do you it think must, you- it must have been just? Quite staggering for those guys. Do you think he
0: was on the job on on, on the Monday morning following the, the the win on the Saturday?
1: I wouldn't have wanted him tampering with uh, <laughs> with my electrics the the following day. It looked like they were gonna they were gonna enjoy it. He actually mentioned after the game that it was his his testimonial year. An yeah. um, interviewer asked him about it. He didn't seem too bothered um, about that after there. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah right let's look at the selection then Tom as we normally would um uh, on on a normal weekend for Bath mm. and, and and head coach Andy Robinson pulled a couple of uh, uh yeah. surprise selections Tom talk us through them
1: Well the the big uh, <laughs> the big selection decision um was bringing back 32 year old uh, assistant coach <laughs> as well who we can only assume wasn't involved in this selection decision uh, John Callard JC who came into the the 15 shirt for his um, you know, uh, favoured for his uh, above Mike Perry for his kicking ability. Um, that was sort of a you know a controversial decision, really, with obviously Perry um, the, the much younger and, and fresher guy. Um, so so yeah, I think that that raised a, a lot of eyebrows. G and the other one, Jeremy Gusket, mm. um coming back into the into the twelve shirt uh, at, at inside centre, having only played one game. Uh, of of rugby in the last six months, having having been injured, so um, two big selections there, uh, two two big names from from a Bath perspective. Um, and yeah, massive call from from head coach Andy Robinson.
0: Yeah, I think John Cullard actually coming into the sixteen jersey. Sorry, song, sixteen. Yeah, you're of right. course, playing a, a, a fullback, but Bath back in the day um, without uh, the, the the traditional outside centre thirteen shirt. So kind of everyone pushed back one, which was kind of slightly alarming to see what what we would associate <laughs> uh, uh, a reserve hooker. Um, be that uh, sort of Jack Walker fielding the ball at fullback and also stepping up to, to to kick the winning goal as it turns out. But yeah, Andy Robinson certainly pulling a couple of surprises um, in his selection and, and, and as it proves, um, pivotal selection decisions. Um, I think just to kind of look at breathe slightly um i think their danger man was certainly highlighted as being carabineau um the scrum half and captain but also uh, damien or alan Penno, damien Penno's uh, dad at fullback, yeah. and, and he has a a really good game as we come on to and also nicola manier playing at seven some of the names that that certainly jump out as you but um a really confident breathe team and and kind of as the lads ran out at the start of the game tom you could see just the partisan nature of that crowd. You know, now, even if it is in the the one of the the finalists home country it's still you know almost like a a 50-50 split of fans just the way that the european rugby like to do it but i think as you say 6000 bath fans made the trip over and there looked to be about 30000 uh, loud and raucous brive fans
1: yeah it seemed like a a massively hostile atmosphere mm. as we know uh, it still can be with um with those french away days and obviously bordeaux being only an hour or so's drive from Breve man it very very Made it very very easy um, for all those fans to to turn out, and I think you know the Bath team. Don't we're very very experienced. So fifteen internationals um, uh, coming into to, to to the squad as a whole, um, and some names that you'll all, I'm sure, um, particularly the older contingent of listeners, will 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 recognise and, and be very familiar with Mark Regan, Victor Bogu, a um, uh, Dan Lyle um, from number eight, who I thought had a, an outstanding game, and then some. Some really, you know, some star-studded guys in in the back line Andy Nickel at nine with the the captain shirt. Mike Cat. Um, and then into into the sort of the the wider backs as we've as we mentioned Jeremy Guskett Phil De Glanville whose whose wife at the time was uh, pregnant uh, as they mentioned on commentary and and you know with uh, obviously Tom De Glanville who is starting to, to now to come through to to the to the Bath fray so um, and then your yeah, Evans obviously to finish it off on on the wing so very very experienced Bath side you know guys that have played in different countries around around the world um uh, going into going into the the final. But you could tell, G, you're absolutely right, that I think the atmosphere did get mm. to them. Um, probably very much more raucous than than the recreation ground that that they were used to to back home. And I think that was reflected yeah. in the, the first couple of minutes, well, to be honest. Just
0: just on the rec there, Tom, you I think you mentioned the the highlights package that the the that we saw in the kind of pre-game um which showed highlights of the the previous two um encounters between these two sides one of which was obviously at the wreck and um we laugh about stadium for bath and we laugh about the the sort of quality of the the facilities of the wreck but they haven't
1: changed since <laughs> 1998 22 um, years ago um yeah, it looks so similar and i believe i'm right in saying that around that time was the first consultation for the stadium for <laughs> bath but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah, just, uh, slow steps, but um, yeah, as you say, a, a very slow start for Bathmate, and um, kind of, although it is 22 years later, it kind of felt like uh, present day with the way we begun, so... Um, poor restart we didn't kind of collect the restart very well we kind of dropped it managed to smuggle it back on the floor um, ball passed back to to Mike Cat whose clearance was, was terrible um, and, 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 and then we gave away a penalty at the, the ensuing line out and they kind of went 3-0 up kind of as i say, not much has changed since since we uh in those twenty two years by the by that start
1: no a really really poor start you know it looked nervy it looked it looked quite frantic and it just allowed uh breathe to 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 get on the front foot and to you know um, uh, settle their nerves from a, from a scoreboard perspective. Getting those getting those three points. Christophe Lamaison, the outside centre, was uh, assuming the the kicking duties, and he had you know very fluid French uh, kicking action, kicked fantastically for for most of most of the game, um, but made it look very very easy early on. Mm. Um, then when we managed to to get back down in the in the brief um, in the brief territory in the brief twenty two. Um luckily we, we had a, a penalty advantage from the from the mall, another collapse more from the line out. Mike Kat again probably showing his his nerves and, and relative lack of experience in that team, throwing a throwing an interception pass, um and, and Breve obviously with the with the with the noise of the crowd weren't aware that the whistle had had blown and, and went to score. Um and then John Callard stepping up and a collector's item missing <laughs> the missing the, the relatively straightforward kick, which mm. I think you know surprised uh, certainly the, the commentators, Miles Harrison and Stuart Barnes, because he'd been nailing them all season and, and whenever, he'd, whenever he'd played. And obviously that was the reason that he'd right. he'd come to the exactly. side. Exactly,
0: picked to do exactly that. And I think Andy Robinson, uh, that's when he started to lose all of his hair, I think, on, on that in that first five minutes. Um, yeah, of, it looked like he aged. It looked like he aged a fair
1: <laughs> few years. Uh, I think just in the, the 80 minutes or so.
0: Uh, yeah, it kind of. I think he could have seen if it, it, that's kind of the way his career went, didn't it, Andy Robinson? From then on in, whenever you kind of there was a, fo- uh, a shot of him on the sideline, he always looked stressed and tearing his hair out. So um, even at the end, he kind of didn't look a hundred percent pleased with the performance, which is kind of probably a mark of the coach he is. But as you say, very bad start and made even worse when Brieve went six and up on nine minutes. Um, and then 9 0 up on 17 minutes. And, and Bath just couldn't get a foothold in the game. I think Breves' kicking was out of hand, in particular, outstanding. So uh, La Maison, who uh, you mentioned at 13, and also the, the fullback Penneau, uh, who we mentioned, both of them kicking really adeptly um, over the top of our wingers. Uh, and the back three weren't really um, in tune to that and uh, kind of in contrast to that when Mike Cat kicked or when Andy Nickel kicked from a box kick, our kicking out of hand was pretty poor. In fact, it was quite poor all day, and it meant that we couldn't get a foothold. Um, it was clear, though, in those first 20 minutes or so, mate, that, that Bath had really come to kind of play rugby, um, and, and kind of shown by the fact that we took two tap and go penalties inside our own half in that first 20 minutes um, where, where whereas whenever Breve got a penalty they were taking a much more pragmatic view of either taking the points or, or going to the corner um, and I think kind of uh, our, that, that didn't help our start and our nerves when, when we did take those quick taps and, and nothing came of them and that gave brief even more field position and even more confidence
1: yeah I think listening to the analysis in, in the build up I think one thing that that Robinson and Bath were, were wary of is that they would have done to them what what Leicester Tigers had done the, the prior year in uh, at the Cardiff Arms Park when they when they lost that final and that was essentially to be to be bullied up front to be smothered and just not to not to be allowed to to play and use their kind of mm. expansive uh, backs out wide. So I think. know that's potentially why we try to you know run you know as is a tactic you know nowadays often run some of the 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 big French forwards ragged Um, you know uh, interesting that most of the most of the players uh, uh, back 20 years ago would play the play the full 80 minutes so I think the the idea really was to start fast um, and try and get some tiredness in, in the legs so that we could come on strong come on strong later on but um, as you say, some quite some quite strange decisions, really, because we were being pinned back so effectively, as you say, by the by the kicking out of hand of the mm. uh, of the brief backs, um, and then we were just, um, as you say, tapping and going, um, and were very very ill disciplined mm. in 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 the early stages as well, which. Uh, also meant that we, we struggle from from a territory perspective.
0: Yeah, that ill discipline kind of um, is a negative trait throughout the, the performance, but I do feel like we started to grow into the game a little bit, mate, in that second half of the, the first half. Um, we hit back immediately after they went 9-0 up to make it 9-3 and I think that kind of gave us a little bit yeah. of confidence. I think Victor Bogu, who Massive moment. Yeah, Victor Bogwu, who's a, a, a massive guy back then. I mean, he'd be a massive guy now, but... The The size of the bloke, it's very lazy to make comparisons to Beno Barney, but that's all you could help think about when he kind of rampaging around.
1: I was thinking more of Max Laheef, actually. I mean, the speed with which his shirt came off (laughs) after the final whistle. Um, He was being interviewed, and he he, he looked, you know... Obviously, you know, coming into the professional days and not quite having the strength and conditioning and nutrition that a lot of the players have today. But bogu is uh, an absolute man-mountain of a man. And as soon as that final whistle went and we won all the players running round, his feet were rooted to the floor. He was peeling that shirt, that number three jersey, <laughs> off himself. And uh, and why not when, when you look like that? But as you say, yeah, big moment from him. Big carry. Went straight over the top of Christophe Lemaison, actually. Um, and I think just a couple of a couple of moments... Um, a couple of moments like that, the the axis in the lineout um, again, another thing that was being highlighted by the by the pundits on the day. The axis between um, Lyle, um, uh, Dan Lyle at number eight jumping at the back, and Mark Reagan starting to to work more effectively, um, and also um, Adebeo coming off the wing a little bit mm. and starting to starting to to look dangerous in attack. So yeah, some more some more positive signs, and I think like you say that that three points um, settled the nerves a bit. Um, and, and potentially just reminded the players that you know it's just a, just another game of rugby just another final and we know how to win these
0: yeah i think a lot of bath fans of of kind of a certain generation this sort of generation speak so highly of of, of dan lyle and watching this game you can you can really see yeah. why he just appears to be like the most fit the fittest um and and most athletic Forward that we've got by by some way, you know, he's often kind of in the back line in defence, and 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 he's so good in the air, so not just in the out as you mentioned, but also chasing kicks. He just looks like um a player that's kind of five ten years ahead of his time, and and you can see why he was so popular uh, with Bath fans because because he's absolutely everywhere in, in this final, and he really started to grow into the game.
1: Yeah, I think you can you can see he had a you know he's got a slightly different skill set and a slightly different yeah. background to the other Bath Forwards um, and gee this is much more your your area of, of of interest but he um had experience in american football so he trained with the the minnesota vikings and even had a had a trial to be included in the the washington redskins squad so um i think yeah just slightly different kind of skill set as i say handling skills um able to take um you have no idea
0: what you just said do you know
1: you know he's, I, I, <laughs> what i'm saying is he's he's a he was an early trailblazer for 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 bringing different skills from different sports into yeah. rugby and you can See, you know the, the impact of that running ahead, taking a couple of high balls. His handling skills and the line out, again, as I say, were were very strong. Yeah. And I thought, um, I think I don't know. Interested to get your more general thoughts, but I think in in a game like that, and and the game was very different to to rugby union as we know it today. But I think you know very entertaining to watch. But I think you do you can get a sense for a few players on that pitch that are just playing at a slightly different level. Almost a little bit like schoolboy rugby, they're just mm. playing at a higher level than the others. I thought he was he was one. He looked outstanding. Um, La Maison the, on the brief side, and then the other guy when he got a chance was was Jeremy Guskett. Mm. I think when they got the ball, you can just sense that there's a little bit something extra there in terms of skill set, in terms of um, in terms of um, yeah, just just rugby ability. But I, I guess that that's kind of s- still slightly. Um, In
0: in the game today, but I think back then it must have been really, really noticeable because of that kind of change from the amateur era where, where, where guys um, train and, and, and kind of play rugby in a certain way and then it's really starting to change and the younger guys and the guys coming from elsewhere um, bringing sort of their style of rugby in their game. You can really see, uh, as you say, Tom, the, the noticeable um, difference between those two styles and those two um, kind of generations of, of rugby player. I think that, that that's a really interesting point. But just a, a kind of point on the game generally, Tom, it is a really, really kind of exciting Game like you know we compare it to now and 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 there's obviously huge differences. But one of the the most notable differences is just kind of the pace everything happens. The the, the referee's not stopping his watch ever. Um, I don't know if he's got a watch. I don't really know how yeah. he, he's keeping come on his, to that. We'll come how on to that. He's keeping the time. But the, the, the kind of, as soon as there's a knock on, you can see a Bogu, Regan, and and, and um, the, the, the loose head, um, Hilton. Hilton, thank you. It, it, kind of already bound and they're ready to do it in and away, line outs in and away. And it's kind of just like everything happens so quickly. And, and whilst there are um, obviously positives to the way the game's played now, the kind of gladiatorial nature of scrummaging now is, is sometimes really, really entertaining. But the way that game is played it's so quick um, it's so fast and it's quite frenetic and it is a really good watch
1: yeah yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think sometimes a little bit loose, sometimes yeah. frenetic at times, and and you certainly don't get the the same fluidity, particularly in the backs. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, with the guys now training together every day, um, video analysis on, on that, you know, on the opposition defence, um, set moves that, that you see open up defences, and and you know, playmakers with with genuine um, you know ability and and not ability but genuine skill and 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 ability to open up defences. You don't quite see that, but very entertaining in a different way and I've watched rugby you know from that sort of era or potentially slightly earlier and I've always you know when there's no where there's no jumping in the line out and um and, and it can all be as you say a bit a bit hectic and I've not enjoyed it as much this game whether it's because you know I knew that <laughs> Bath were gonna um, it, it was Bath's greatest day but but this game was really entertaining and um I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, um you know a good old scrum war uh, up front um but I have to say that you know there were time there are times when even i get frustrated with the with the pace uh, you know uh, the, the, that happens and um yeah certainly um, certainly, a lot quicker, um, and and potentially for someone who would be new to rugby at that point in time, more more accessible.
0: Yeah, that that's a very good point. Actually, I think you can see why so many people fell in love with that that game back then. Kind of the the way it's played, the pace it's it's kind of non stop. Right? Whereas now rugby can be a little bit stop start. But but getting back to to this game, Tom, when we talk about frenetic moments. Um, maybe the most frenetic, headless moment of the game um, came came kind of towards the end of the the first half. On when Bartha pressing on the brief line, the ball comes back to to Mike Cat, who takes it to the line and then decides to to take a a, a wild drop goal from a pretty acute angle mm. and also right up to the defence, which is obviously charge down um, the ball is then spread wide to uh, through the brief hands and goes to the, their winger Sebastian Carat who apparently ran a 10 10.53 10. 100 meter and he goes to, to beat Ian Evans on the outside and, and and what would be to run under the post for a key score and that tap tackle that Ian Evans um, pulls out you know of all the great bath moments that we're going to come on to that felt like an absolutely pivotal one from, from the Welshmen.
1: yeah there, you know, there are so many big moments and in, in this game, and I think that that wasn't really one that I was I was aware of, mm. and I think it it flies a little bit under the radar because at that point, if Karat you know, um, managed to to free himself of, of Evans and and goes under the post, that is then a very very. Um, tough deficit to to try and come back from with the crowd on our backs, um, etc. So yeah, quite incredible tap tackle defence from yeah, that's three eight. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's a long rugby. it's a long long way back from there. And you know, even going to the second half, there were a couple of key defensive mm-hmm. moments yeah. and defensive sets. Which meant that the game didn't get away from us, and ultimately we were able to to stay in it and give ourselves an opportunity to to clinch it at the end. Because I think if if Karat goes under there, it might be it might be game over. Well, and let's move into the second
0: half, Tom, and and kind of one of the the, the key moments I think after the game in the analysis they do highlight it as the key moment as the key turning point, and that's on sort of the fifty minute mark and brief. Uh, get onto the bath line through uh bath discipline which was killing us all day mm. um and, and and kind of have a succession of what felt about eight, nine, ten scrums. I think about these scrums is, although it was eight, nine, ten scrums, it happened in the space of about three yeah. minutes it's a bizarre passage of play looking at it kind of having watched all the rugby the, the the modern day rugby we have now they're literally resetting straight away scrum resetting scrum it must have been so tiring you know you've played in the front row Tom talk us through what those bath boys
1: must have been going well, through what I was enjoying particularly was that the front row scrum reset and the front row wouldn't even break bind they would just they would just crack on They'd be like oh we'll go again then shall we and there's no call either which is strange so you know <laughs> Obviously, you went from your your, your crouch um uh, uh, your crouch touch pause engage um which felt you know a little bit um a little bit you know, kind of looser and you could you could charge in a little bit when that's when I started started playing rugby and now it's much more kind of mechanical and the timing is everything and the referee is very hot on that you know watching these scrums and the ref basically says right you bind up or you're ready um if you if you're not if you're not crouched down in the in the appropriate position you're um you're going to get a head straight in the ribs so yeah and they just they just crack on with it and it must be absolutely Exhausting, um, uh, exhausting work for for those guys, particularly where, as I say, they are playing they are playing eighty minutes, but um, very few scrum penalties as well, which mm. which I thought was was interesting and and again potentially more more enjoyable for someone who doesn't like uh, you know your mm. your scrum your scrum battle in the same way that, that some of us do. But ultimately on this occasion, yeah. um, Hilton, Regan, and, and Abogu held out um, outstandingly well because there was another moment where you did think that if um, you know, if that that score that score went, so was it six fifteen at that point? Mm-hmm. So if brief score there and convert it, that's twenty two six, a very long way back. So for for those guys to to hold on and for uh, to, to get the penalty and allow us to to clear our lines was an absolutely massive moment. And I think you know, suddenly after that, gee, we looked like a, a a different side. We had a renewed sense of confidence, mm-hmm. and for the first time in the game, really, we started to look the the stronger, more energised side. Um, I think that's a big turning point yeah
0: a a massive turning point not just for our confidence but also a massive dent in their confidence I think they felt like they could push us over there and get a a penalty try or sort of a pick and go from the number eight and score and for Bath to to hold out like like we did on that occasion was huge and then went down the other end uh, a bit of it ill discipline from brief on this occasion went down the other end um had a a, a scrum a five meter scrum of our own on their line and whilst they chose not to use their their backs uh, not to try and get it out wide and score particularly when they had a penalty you know when they had advantages mm. we did choose to do this and and in went the 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 ball at the scrum dan lyle picked and went drew one andy nickel drew a couple uh, passed a gusper and um, John Callard goes in for the most famous score in, in our history, mate.
1: Yeah, I think to, you know he's probably called that that move straight off the training ground because he knows <laughs> that it'll be on the end of that last pass. Um, yeah, great, great try, really well worked try, and I think you, it's the sort of try you'd probably see. You'd probably see in in today's game, really. You know, not nice pickup, little offload to Nickel, and then a, a nice floating, floating pass off his left hand to to Guskett, as you say, to to finish the two on one. So, um, brilliant try, made it look very, very easy. Um, and yeah as you say elation I think all round for for everyone um everyone there players and and fans and suddenly you got the sense that the 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 flag waving and the cheering for and the you know the the the, the elation of the, the the French fans started to drain out of them a little bit as they realized that you know both very much in this game and you know got a knack of, of coming out on the right side of these well, finals that, that made it
0: 15 thirteen mate on on 55 minutes and as you say the momentum did feel as though it was going our way and it was kind of reward i think that try for the ambition uh, uh, that we had shown throughout the game i think we were definitely the team that were looking to offload uh, more out of contact keep the ball alive get the ball wide run um with the ball and that is how this try came it came from an offload from lyle and then nickel showing that um, ambition to throw the the long miss pass of his left hand to guska and then to to um to callard as i said and 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 that moment of ambition that moment of quality is ultimately the key in the game breathe don't score a try bath do Um, bath end up by winning by one point as as we'll come on to and and that moment is absolutely pivotal looking back on it Um, and reward as i say for for the ambition that we showed and the ambition that andy robinson was certainly keen for us to show mate Um, so Then, um, kind of moving through the game onto the 63rd minute mark, um, an incredible drop goal from Alain Penaude uh, from about 50 metres out, struck so sweetly, Mm. made it um, 18-13. Then from the restart... Um, Bath hit straight back, which is a little bit unlike us, made it 18-16 with 15 minutes to go. And 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 kind of it wasn't nervous because we knew what was going to happen. But imagine being a Bath fan, Tom, you're not great for getting nervous at the end of games at the best of times, but Heineken cut final 16-18 down. 15 minutes to go talk us through what your nerves would have been like
1: yeah i think my head would have would have gone uh, a long time before that it must have been excruciatingly painful for for everyone watching fans and and coaches you could certainly see andy robinson turned away from the game for um, for most mm. of those last few minutes and just stared at the fans and and his players on the bench there but yeah um, unbelievable finish and and to be honest just just absolute chaos so won the penalty um from you know quite a quite an acute angle and and john callard
0: Well, yeah, let's go into this last 50 minutes. You're missing one small... Sorry, mate, to interrupt you. Missing one little detail is that um, Breve missed the penalty from straight in front of the posts, which would have made it Mm. 21-16 with five minutes to go. Um, And then, as you say, uh, uh, kind of describe the the last five minutes then, mate.
1: Well, yeah, John Callab with a very cool, calm and collected penalty. Um, uh, showing his experience to to push us ahead by by one point, and as I say, absolute chaos because we'd we'd won that penalty. And sorry, yeah, the the penalty actually came from um, Adebeo kicking kicking ahead for some reason that the clock was very near near eighty. What we hadn't realised at that point, and what I don't think that the players are really aware of, is that the referee hadn't been been stopping um, his clock. So essentially, he'd um, he thought, right, as they do in football, how much time roughly <laughs> should I add on to, to the 80 minute period, so that it, you know, adjusts for your injuries and your substitutions, etc. Adebeo kicks ahead um, crazily, really, uh, uh, and then gets gets a brief player what looks sort of, like gets a brief player pushed into him. Um, and, and we get the penalty from from that very strange incident. Callard slots it, and then, gee, as I say, it just descends into absolute chaos. I thought that was the end of the game. I thought that was that was done. I think Andy Robinson did. Um, the referee says, you know, play on. Um, the clock's past eighty. I'll decide when when this game's up. Um, uh, a penalty. Almost immediately from the kickoff down the other end, um, you know Robinson at, is is visibly tearing his, tearing his hair out at this point. A miss kick from the impeccable um, La Maison, but from that kick it, it falls so wide it doesn't actually make the the try line. Andy Nicholl fumbles it, and then Dan Lyle has no option but to to take it back over the line. Um, for for the 5 meter scrum at that point so you know in in true bar fashion in recent seasons we're we're finding a way to give it give it back to them um the ball comes back from the the subsequent scrum and you know as you say after the the ridiculous drop goal from from Peno, from 40 50 meters out there is a a, a drop goal opportunity from bang on in front of the post from you know um seven eight seven eight meters out um pretty unmissable to be honest but but it does it does it does go wide um there's a scramble over the line for for the ball to try and touch it down and then eventually the the ball does go out and the referee the referee calls uh calls time on it on on about on about 84 minutes or or something like that. So, and and then the, the the craziness, the crazy scenes ensue. But I think before we get to that, it's um, one of the one of the craziest um, uh, few minutes of of rugby that, that I think I've ever seen. Yeah incredible, mate, and it made even more
0: kind of unbelievable and even more tense and even more everything by the fact that we didn't know um, and the fans at the time watching on the telly and in the ground wouldn't have known and the commentators didn't know how long was left. So the clock had gone past 80, you know, the clock went past 80 when Callard um, slotted that what was match-winning penalty, but then, as you say, Breve had two guilt-edged opportunities to win it, and that's going on top of the opportunity opportunity they'd had three minutes before to make it 21-16, which was right in front of the post. So three gilt-edged opportunities, three opportunities which your kicker should get Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, mate. Um, so it's so absolutely incredible. And, and whilst we are um, ecstatic or were ecstatic, are ecstatic, whatever, about the, the result. kind of if you're a Brie fan, you are wondering how on earth you've lost that game. As you say, Le Maison was fantastic with the Boo all game, language style, lo- made it look so easy, but missed two kicks. Um, and, and then the fly half, um, Areth Boo, is it? Um Uh, Abrizu or uh, yeah anyway um he he misses the drop goal from about 10 meters out straight in front how he misses that I've got absolutely no idea so um a crazy crazy end to the game I certainly didn't realize um just how uh crazy that end to the game was um having watched extended highlights of this game, kind of the, the only thing you sort of see is the Callard uh, penalty and then Bath winning at, at the end. So I kind of thought that was the the end of the game. But no, there is so, there's there's about three more chapters of the book to be written before we finally get the the, the beautiful cup above our heads, mate.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about this in, in, in a lot of detail having just watched it. And if you don't have three hours to, to kill to watch all of this, then, you know, frankly, I don't know what you're doing with your, with your, um, your social distancing and 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 you're locked down, but I think if you're going to watch no anything, problem, if you're going to watch anything, watch that that last ten or so minutes of that game is just um, you know it's just elation and confusion in in equal measure, and then the scenes after when finally the the final whistle goes, and as I say, you get a bogu. Taking his shirt off, you get Robinson getting squirted with with loads of water as he's being interviewed by um, by Phil de Glanville, um, and the interviews with all the players in the immediate aftermath uh, um, are brilliant and and certainly fill your heart with 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 joy as a as, as a bath. fan. you know the greatest day of our of our history to date, um, European champions, and and some of the comments from the the first English club as well to be to be European champions. Um, quite incredible stuff. I think Stuart Barnes obviously uh um a bathman himself welling up in the um in the commentary box and then subsequently opening a, a bottle of champagne to share with Dowie Morris in the in the post match interview. Quite incredible scenes. Um and uh yeah. Yeah. yeah um run out superlatives for it really
0: yeah as you say tom we will post the links to this um game uh on our uh, social feeds if you don't have social media it's very easily found on youtube um and i would um i'd encourage you so strongly to, to go and do that if you can't watch the full game tom just watch those last 10 minutes it is um rugby uh l- like tension like i've kind of never seen before so um yeah really enjoyed watching that tom and uh I think the the immortal quote um from Stuart Barnes on commentary at the end of the game was I'm going to go and drown in a vat of wine um kind of uh showing the the emotions of what all bath fans uh, particularly those ones that had made the trip to Bordeaux uh, must have felt like on that final whistle. Yeah, I
1: think there were probably plenty of vats of wine going around the the, the dressing room in in Bordeaux, and and what better place to to mm. drown to drown in, in in wine? And you know, you think of some of the guys there that um, really made names for themselves, and, and and would have gone back to their their day jobs yeah. the following week um, um, to, with with some incredible stories. You know, John Callard, thinking of him in in particular, having scored all the points. Um, all 19 points on the day, and um, you know, I think he was laughing secretly because he went on to to take over from Andy Robinson as as head coach in uh, on on the turn of the millennia in in 2000. So um, yeah, great scenes for for him, um, great selection and, and and foresight by by Andy Robinson. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, uh, an all out, just an incredible day for, for the club. Um, and yeah, will we ever see the, the like of those scenes again as as a Bath fan? I think you know that's what we're in it for. Um, that's why we, we continue to, to, to go on the roller coaster wide, just um, for, for the faint hope that we might see something um, like that again. Well put, mate, fantastically put. Um, let's move then
0: into the present day very briefly um tom finally just before we move off that let us know what you thought um what you think of that game having watched it back um on, on social media at Bath Plug. as i say but moving into the present day tom... well i think as
1: well just other you know i think you know as uh, we don't want to talk about um about coronavirus at all, but I think we're going to be in this situation for a while. So um, we had loads of recommendations on Twitter, which which we're really grateful for, um, and we will we will try and go through um, a few games in this manner. If if people have people have enjoyed it, yeah. and it's great to to watch back the games, and hopefully you can you can watch them back and and get in touch with with your thoughts as well. But um, yeah, let us know. Get in touch with 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 us with with any games um that that you can find on online and that, that you were at and and your stories as well um because as I say we're relatively new um in in historical terms anyway to um to to being Bath rugby fans and there are so many games like that I'm sure out there if not quite as, as high profile as that so um we'd we'd love to watch them and, and we'd love to break them down for you
0: yeah exactly really enjoyed doing that mate so uh yeah do go and watch it um If Bath are going to have days like that again, Tom, it isn't going to happen with Francois Lowe on the pitch um kind of this this feels like an awful long time ago now mate a lot has happened in the world since this news came out but we haven't done a podcast since um the news was announced that he would be retiring and and given he's um you know maybe one of the 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 most influential most important bath players of the last decade we must touch on 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 his um on exactly that and kind of what it means for the club mate
1: yeah uh f- you know, I you know, I am sad that it has to um, probably end in, in in quite quite not quite the way that that he would have liked. You know, finishing finishing strong for the club. But I think you know some of the some of the things or, or all the things that he's done for the club in his nine seasons have been have been quite incredible. Coming over from from South Africa. Um, and really, I think leading the charge in terms of what the what the modern seven mm. now is and and even going into you know thirty four years old as he is now this season he 's been one of the stand up players and and has been um, as good as he 's ever been over the ball uh, one of the best in the world at, at the breakdown um, one hundred and forty appearances for for the club seventy six internationals for caps for for South Africa, obviously um the one world cup which you know we don't we don 't have to talk about. Uh, too much and a bag full of of turnovers for every yeah. rugby club that that he ran out for, and I think you know when we go back to watch um, some of the the more recent highlights from a Bath rugby perspective perspective, he will be certainly leading that charge. Thinking of his his swallow dive um, down in the corner um, in particular, so um, awesome player, and I think you know despite the fact that he will move on, um, I think his legacy. Um, as we've said on this podcast before, will um, you know will live on in a way where the, the back row um, in the squad is um, is very very strong. Certainly, one of the strongest across the the Premiership when you look at look at the depth we've got there, and he has no doubt had a had a very very important influence on um, some of the younger guys, Josh Bayliss, your, your Miles Reeds, etc. But also some of the guys now who are um, moving through and, and are now world class operators, so Sam Underhill, mm-hmm. Zach Mercer, mm-hmm. um, etc. So he's left the shirt in a better place than yeah. than he found it. Um, he should be very proud of his efforts. Um, and he moves on to to, to another life he he qualified as a financial advisor over the last couple of years so he's clearly been thinking about um, it for a while Uh, playing a game as he does takes a toll physically on you so I'm glad that he's kind of retiring at the peak of his powers and and, um, he's going to move on I think staying in Bath um, to, to a new challenge so wish him all the best and I hope that you know however this um, the the pandemic kind of materializes. I hope there is an opportunity for, for yeah. Bath fans and players to to give him the proper send-off that he deserves. Yeah, mate, I couldn't put it by myself. That's spot on. I think when you look at
0: all of the 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 great moments, well not the great moments, but all the good moments for Bath in recent seasons, even though they have been a little bit um, few and far between, he is always at the epicentre of those. We spoke about Dan Lyle in that coverage, the, the impact he had coming. Uh, from a different uh, culture with a different skill set um, and, and kind of the, the admiration Bath fans had for him I think it's a similar admiration that, that guys of our generation may have for Francois yeah. Um it's kind of difficult to almost remember a, a Bath team without Francois Lowe in it it's going to be weird um, but yeah a, a great no doubt about that
1: yeah and I guess my, my sense is if he does stay in Bath and you know he's obviously not going to be able to switch off and probably not or hopefully not want to switch off from from rugby straight away and having played been in the trenches for for many seasons with with Stuart Hooper um, I'd I'd like to think that hopefully he'll be um, a guy that is involved on the fringes is one of Hooper's um, you know trusted advisors as it were uh, as it were, and can continue to yeah. to have a have a positive um impact on the club because he 'll you know he 'll be he'll, him and his family he 'll be very very welcome i think by by all yeah. um bath rugby fans he 's yeah got to go down as one of the legendary
0: yeah. He has man. He, it would be such a waste to 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 waste that that knowledge, that experience that that he's got when we've got this young back row. So hopefully they're not doing that, and hopefully when, as you say, this all does blow over, um, it will be a bit of a clearer picture about um kind of what's happening. He's got it. a shout
1: actually thinking about it. Uh, um, and again, potentially being short-sighted, but he's got a shout to be one of the best overseas players ever to play mm. for Bath. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and also a shout to be in a, a kind of Premiership rugby um all-time team you know not many people have got a better argument to, in terms of longevity and success than, than than Francois Lowe in that 7 jersey um yeah a, a great for so many years yeah right Looking forward then, Tom, um, kind of it's all a bit unclear, but we are going to do another one of these um, in the not so distant future. Uh, So do get in touch with us about what game uh, you want us uh, to break down like we have done this and and let us know if you have enjoyed it and let us know all your thoughts about this game and any other game. Um, It's kind of filling the blue, black and white void that we've got in our lives at the moment. Um, So, yeah, please do get in touch with us. Um, please do stay safe Uh, obviously please do stay home do all those great things Um, and and now more than ever uh, stick together uh, through thick and thin